U.S. exchanges opting for the technology arbitrage. A move away from New Jersey data centers appears imminent, while bidding heats up for Borsa Italiana, which is being wrenched illogically from the London Stock Exchange Group. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast. In a week of frantic news flow, ladies and gentlemen, just remember this is a very brief reduction of the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the week's many events and happenings, including a multiplicity of deals we haven't got space for in the podcast today, can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the Bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. Our top story this week, the New York Stock Exchange and indeed Nasdaq and the other US exchanges have signalled they will exit New Jersey if the state taxes stock trades, as we mentioned was proposed some weeks ago. The New York Stock Exchange plans to announce that it will run one of its exchanges from a backup site in Chicago for a week as a demonstration of its readiness to quit higher tax jurisdictions like New Jersey if they implement their threat to raise a transaction levy. At the nexus of taxation and representation, ladies and gentlemen, a third element is apparent in the digital age, the sheer desperation of overspending analogue administrations trying haphazardly to balance the books. Given long-term issues facing New Jersey in any case in powering its data centres, especially the growth rates of securities trading powered by Nasdaq NYSE et al., it anyway makes total sense for US markets to consider alternative sustainable data centres away from the tri-state area. Are we on the cusp of a hollowing out of the US East Coast trading epicentres? Local legislators can certainly make that come true at a much faster rate with their increasing desperation to find funding for their overspending. All the exchange groups are wise to avoid New Jersey as this tax plan is doubtless only the thin end of the wedge. Parishioners will muse that New York Stock Exchange playing a Chicago shuffle card is perhaps the first time we have seen that municipality, or indeed Illinois more broadly, being viewed as a lower tax jurisdictional move for quite some considerable time. Particularly, parishioners will recall, given Terry Duffy facing down a similar threat locally in Chicago on behalf of the CME only a few years back. Confusing signs out of the European Union this week. Amidst the helter-skelter kerfuffle whereby the European Union still seeks to do anything but negotiate a Brexit deal in good faith, we've reached the maximum angle of leverage for throwing toys out of the pram. The EU, meant the message earlier this week, will delay Euroclearing decision on Brexit divorce threat. Rather, it seemed within 24 hours that that had been somewhat turned around. Clearly, there is a huge internal political battle within the European Union at the moment between the pragmatic folk who are actually capable of understanding business within the European Commission and the many people who are more tied to the politics of what is a very acrimonious divorce and the EU as a spurned spouse determined to try and destroy the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland from prospering as an independent nation. 
a state of play, of course, made more difficult by the fact that the United Kingdom already, even before they reach the point where they can actually enact such a deal, have a full comprehensive free trade agreement signed with Japan, with many others on the way, we believe. Anyway, within 24 hours of the contentious Reuters report stating that it was all over, barring the fat lady making the usual yodeling noises for London's clearing lifeline, all of a sudden we saw precisely the opposite news coming out of the European Union. Clearing extended usage of the UK clearing houses until 2022 for European Union counterparties. Of course, the fact that that actually wards off the Eurozone itself going bankrupt and being unable to access financing is neither here nor there in the weird world of agate prop as practiced by the Brussels Empire. Leaving aside the internal state of war, it's clearly the most sensible option going forward because quite simply, the London Clearing Houses Monopoly is not going to be broken down because they are a source of multi-trading collateral, which, as we'll hear later, has reached no fewer than 27 global currencies. There's only one daily news source for the business of bourses, Exchange Invest, the exchange of information. Exchange Invest publishes the daily digest of everything in the market structure industry around the world in a user-friendly email briefing format from Monday to Friday. With additional pith by former Exchange CEO and long-standing fintech pioneer Patrick L. Young, yes, that's me, Exchange Invest is the unique one-stop shop for the daily news in markets, market operators and related functions. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at US$200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me, patrick at derivativesvision.com. In deals, it was, as I mentioned earlier, a very busy week for M&A in the parish. All the deals were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter nobody can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. After a lot of pre-deal shuffling and off-the-record remarks that Italy preferred a Euronext bid as it lined up various Italian institutions on the side of the Euronext empire, the actual money went down and now, all of a sudden, Euronext looks under pressure. Italy is ready to use its vetting golden powers over strategic assets to ensure the Milan Stock Exchange, Borsa Italiana, is not sold to an unacceptable bidder, Economy Minister Roberto Gualtieri mentioned. However, where that initially seemed to favour Euronext, there may already be a pivot required to Deutsche Börse or SIX, the Swiss exchange, as they have the collateral Euronext lacks. As Euronext put out mention of the fact that they had indeed bid it became apparent that the range of bids seems to be in the region of 3.5 to 4 billion euros. Now, 3.5 billion euros is 4 billion US dollars. That's the amount that Euronext were rumoured to be bidding. The problem is that at the top, it appears, the Swiss exchange have already topped 4.75 US billion dollars. That's the equivalent of 4 billion euros. And it causes a lot of contention. It shakes the game up significantly. What does Italy want from its new exchange owner? And might indeed SIX or even Deutsche Börse be the most viable way to provide optionality? I can imagine there have been fevered meetings in La Défense this week as, frankly, I don't believe Euronext anticipated a serious SIX bid only weeks after the Swiss closed the deal to buy the Spanish exchange, again edging out the Euronext empire. Moreover. 
by the end of last week, before the bids were in, consensus was around a maximum $3.5 billion enterprise value, which, I've been making clear for months, was always going to be exceeded, and in the first round of bidding it already has. Of course, the Deutsche Börse and the Swiss exchange have launched a charm offensive to win the Borsa bid battle. That is absolutely obvious. However, more significantly for the first time, having led from the front on this bid, which is a first for Euronext in public bidding, they've usually been the underdog, I believe Euronext are under duress. As values have crept up, as I noted they would, even at the top of the first round of bidding, the leverage issue is becoming acute for Euronext. At a 4 billion euro value for Borsa Italiana, it makes a chunky purchase, with Euronext worth 6.77 billion euros, Managing to munch up a 4 billion euro acquisition is going to be very difficult, even with some Italian collateral on the sidelines. Easy solutions would be unpalatable. For example, if Italian investors provide a lot of capital, how can they not expect more control over the parent company? That's going to upset the French, who have long held the role of puppeteers of governance behind Euronext. Thus, it may make more sense for the strategic Italian investors and the government to switch their backing behind an alternative bid. Frankly, all the bidders have their flaws from a suzerainty point of view looked through the lens of Rome, and Italy may indeed rue losing the London Stock Exchange Group's benign hand of governance. However, the key takeaway to chew on is that Euronext are going to struggle to buy this asset given that their purchasing power is pretty stretched already as even the 3.5 billion euro low bidder. Clearly, London Stock Exchange, if they have any nice, will be pushing to get a better price from Deutsche Börse and the Six Exchange, either of whom have essentially vast resources to push the price up where Euronext is boxed into a corner. Meanwhile, a stellar day from a new listing. The stock exchange Börse Kuwait launched itself on its new market, finally, and had an unbelievable jump. Ten times the shares went up on the first day of trading, which was a massive boon for the likes of Hellenic exchanges, who were amongst the strategic investors last year in the corporate round. At the same time, for the rest of the week, the shares mostly slipped, at the same time having peaked at 1,055. Well, let's put it this way. By the end of the first week's trading, I think it's safe to say that all those who invested in the IPO, the Stags, have had, well, at least a 900% return on the week in this position alone. New markets this week. Egypt have launched their commodity exchange. They're going to have offerings available from early 2021. Whatever the state of your lockdown, first wave, second wave, third wave, on the beach wave, quarantining after being on the beach wave, whichever it may be, ladies and gentlemen, we all know COVID-19 is an economy killer. It's also a career killer. Or indeed, perhaps that's the impact of fintech destroying your business. It's a victory or death world of risk and opportunity. To understand how technology is affecting life and markets, there's a new book to help you. From the best-selling author of Capital Market Revolution, that would be me, Patrick L. Young. Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World is an easy read explaining the differing and diverging roles of banks and exchanges and helping you to understand the winning business models of the new world order. It's a binary world. Your career will sustain or collapse in the next stage of digital development, hence the title Victory or Death, lest you need reminding of the exciting times for finance in which we are living. Victory or Death is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. While you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our new live stream. IPO Vid Live, Tuesdays 6pm London time, 1 o'clock lunchtime New York time. The IPO Video Live Show. You can catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-Vid. 
This week, we enjoyed the presence of the illuminating former Brussels MEP and leading markets expert Jake Pugh, who stepped into the breach and delivered some fascinating insights ranging through macroeconomics, politics, exchanges, and much more. In crypto land this week, the FATF, they're the sort of people who come after you when you've been money laundering, not doing your AML, your KYC, and all those sorts of processes. They've been hinting at, well, it looks like Binance as an example of an exchange avoiding regulation. Essentially, the FATF doesn't seem to like frequent jurisdiction hoppers, and that, of course, could include Binance. I regularly note in Exchange Invest the Casablanca conundrum, and many might allege that Captain Renault's remarks about gambling in this establishment could have qualified him for a role as Binance's PR chief, allegedly. At the same time, Binance may claim that they're not jurisdiction hoppers as they simply don't ever have a jurisdiction that is clear, even if they do occasionally meet government ministers and donate to various charities related to the heads of state, etc. Elsewhere, crypto exchange Kraken, they have received a Wyoming bank charter for their new subsidiary in the US, and Diginex, they're moving closer to a backdoor listing through NASDAQ with the approval of a merger transaction. In products, I mentioned earlier the expansion of the London Clearinghouse. Now there are 27 currencies in the LCH swap pool, with the first cleared Israeli shekel-denominated swaps. The European Union can only dream of taking its single currency clearing out from that wall of collateral offsets. Over in India, exciting news, the Reserve Bank, the central bank, they're proposing to launch exchange-traded and OTC interest rate derivatives. That could mark a very, very exciting move for the Indian yield curve. Elsewhere, Allegro, they've officially confirmed their debut is coming on the Warsaw Stock Exchange. Looks like an exchange, smells like an exchange, is of course the Polish equivalent of eBay. They've got an estimated market capitalization of 10 to 12 billion euros coming up, which will make it probably the largest issue in history for the GPW, and actually the largest e-commerce offering in Europe this year. Compare and contrast that with the GPW, the Warsaw Stock Exchange itself, which, at least partially due to ongoing government control issues, has a market cap somewhat stuck at around 450 million US dollars, still below its IPO price of nearly a decade ago. Technology news this week, Bitstamp, they have integrated their new Nasdaq matching engine in their crypto exchange, while the UK's Crest system, that's a Euroclear division which clears and settles stocks in Europe, has had a week to forget. Massive technical outages there and a constant slowdown of settlement processes. The cloud was a big topic of discussion, with, amongst others, Nasdaq ramping up their cloud move for all 28 of the company's markets being expected to move into the cloud within the next decade. And indeed, as the week ended, we heard from the Astana International Exchange, who are also going to be moving their Nasdaq matching engine into Amazon Web Services in the cloud. Regulation news this week. EY, the audit firm who've been rather caught with their trousers down over Wirecard, they're going to raise the bar in spotting fraud after the Wirecard accounting scandal. Given how EY apparently missed a few billion missing in the Wirecard accounts for several years, presumably that raising the bar involves getting the bar off the floor in the first place, or indeed perhaps out of a ditch dug by lax accounting and auditing. People news this week, slight surprise, Ellie May having been taken over just a week ago, their president and CEO, Jonathan Corr, promptly retired. I suppose partially motivated by the fact that he's been on the tail end of two acquisition deals in two years and therefore presumably two similar payoffs, which at least motivated him to think about doing something slightly different. 
Over at Euronext, congratulations to Aurelie Cohen, who's been appointed Chief Communications and Investor Relations Officer, having joined Euronext three years ago as Head of Investor Relations. Congratulations too to Peter Jessup, who's taking up a key pivotal role in the LSEG's technology organisation. Not before time, adding a great name to the LSEG's new push into selling to more client exchanges around the world. In trade finance, a heavyweight of that business, Dominic Broom, who also happens to be a fellow liveryman of the Worshipful Company of World Traders, of which I too am a member. He's moving closer to the parish with his encyclopedic grasp of trade finance as he takes over as the chief executive of trade finance exchange Finion. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, on the good news this week that CCP12, they're the super competent body which oversees the world's clearing houses as an industry body, they've welcomed Saudi Arabia's clearing centre, Mukasa, as a primary member. That, of course, comes just a fortnight after the successful debut of the Saudi Arabian derivatives market. Elsewhere, on a more challenging note, story in crypto news this week arose, will a digital Chinese yuan sound the death knell for China's ATMs? Ooh, an interesting side effect of the cashless society. If this leaves a huge amount of closet-sized real estate with holes accessing Main Street, does that mean, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see during these COVID social distancing times a widespread readoption of the old Florentine tradition of bouquetta or wine holes through which one can dispense drinks in the absence of a public hostelry? And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this, the 63rd weekly podcast of the Exchange Invest newsletter. All the news, all the Bourse Business news that's fit to pith, Monday through Saturday in our daily newsletter, of course. Have a great week in markets. My name is Patrick L. Young. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.